0: Hey, have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Yep, free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. In fact, I'm on my phone right now. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need to make a podcast In one place. Download the free Anchored app or go to Anchored.fm to get started. We all get stuck in what we should do or what we should have done. The word should can inspire us and it can inhibit us, it can get us moving and it can hold us back. Why is it so hard to move past complacency and get inspired to build the fulfilling future that we want? You are listening to Should Theory. Let's talk it out. Stories, interviews, and more to inform and inspire you towards building the future that you want. Get motivated, figure out how you want to shift, and then get your shift together. I'm Tara Grebe. Let's do this with the Should Theory. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very first episode of Should Theory. Whether you're in your car, walking your dog, on the treadmill, or whatever it is that's working for you, we're so glad that you're here as we figure out how to move ourselves from a place of complacency to a place of excitement, fulfillment, happiness, and all the things we ever wanted. Let's get started. So today we're going to talk about a few things to get us introduced to what this whole should theory is all about and why we're talking about it. The thing is, the word should can motivate us. It's actually quite effective. I should put down this cookie, I shouldn't eat it. I should get my butt off this chair and go for a walk or get on the treadmill or go to the gym. I should try to eat healthier. I should get together with my friends soon. These are all positive things. These are all things that are motivating, are uplifting, and that word should gives us that little push in the butt, pat on the shoulder that says, come on, let's get going. The thing is that the word should can also tear us down. It can fill us with regret, anxiety, a feeling that we didn't do enough, or we don't have a right to want more from our lives it could be you should have tried harder you should have worked on it more you should just stay put where you are it's safer you know i should just finish what i started and stick to my path i should be satisfied with what i have and to some degree There's not complete fault in those statements, but when those statements keep us from doing what makes us totally happy or trying something new that we might absolutely love, then that should is just a really bad word. I guess the question that we would wanna ask ourselves is, where do these shoulds come from? These ones that hold us back, these ones that motivate us, where do they come from to the point that they have such a profound effect on our lives? Well, they come from all around us. They come from our families. Every family has their expectations about how you should dress, how you should conduct yourself in public, what you should do with your life. Should you go to college? Should you become a tradesman? Where should you live? Do you have parents that want everybody to stay nice and close, or do they want you to explore the world and? see new things what's the expectation for your activities and your hobbies those shoulds come from our communities what should your house look like how big should your house be what should your decorations on your lawn be should you go all out for the holidays and have lights and craziness or should it be low-key because our neighborhood is a little bit more toned down than that Our shoulds come from society. A lady should act a certain way. A man should not show his emotions. Children should talk a certain way or act a certain way. Some of those aren't bad. Let's not lie. Some of these things are traditions. What types of careers? are ones that are acceptable to you, to your community, to your surroundings? What types of pathways? You should not learn a trade because you need to go to college. You should go to college because those are the only type of really successful professional jobs. Or you should go to Cornell or Harvard because that's what our family does. We are Yale people. Those shoulds come from everywhere. Don't stray. You should finish what you started and and not stray from your chosen path. Again, they can be motivating and they can keep us where our focus needs to be, but they can also keep us from going on an adventure. They can keep us from trying something that might be new, exciting, and completely fulfilling. They might keep us from staying in a situation that is unsafe or unhealthy. You know, it's funny because we fear change. We all do to one degree or another. From changing our hairstyle to changing the way we dress, changing our habits or what we generally eat for dinner. These are all fears to some degree or another. And fear isn't necessarily a bad thing. You know, it's fear that keeps you vigilant. It's fear that makes you lock your door at night and check your car before you get in it just to make sure that nobody's in it. Now, it can be inhibiting for sure, but it also helps keep us safe. The problem is that sometimes fear can be debilitating. Fear of failure. Fear of judgment from others. Fear of disappointing others and it becomes a limiting belief see that fear lets us think "Mm, i'll never find love i'll never find the career that i think is fulfilling i'll never get to that place where i want to get to and so why would i even bother to try you know the funny thing is that beyond doing the podcasts and the talks that i do and things like that I'm actually in education and that's what I do for a living. And by being in education, I've had my share of dealing with kids. When I was a teacher, I taught elementary kids. And what's interesting about elementary kids is that if you ask them, who here is an artist? Who here is a dancer? Who here can sing this song? Every single one of them raises their hand. Every single one of them totally believes that they can do the thing or be the thing that um the teacher or the person is asking them if they can be they don't even think twice about saying no they don't even think twice about going "Eh, no i might mess up or i might make a fool of myself they are all in they are absolutely i can dance let me show you my dance i'm going to make up three more while you're talking about it and you know what i'm totally an artist let me show you my picasso See, the thing is, they're not afraid to look silly. They're not afraid to make a mistake. Yeah, I can dance. Yeah, I'm an artist. Yeah, I'm a singer, absolutely. You need somebody to score the winning touchdown? Throw me the football, I'm on it, let's go. More importantly, they switch on a dime. Yeah, I was doing karate, but you know what? I think I'm gonna become a ballerina now because I just like the tutus and um, I like the music. So, you know, actually I'm gonna do both. I'm gonna do karate and I'm gonna be a ballerina. And then when I grow up, I'm gonna be a construction worker and maybe an NFL star. They switch, they change. They try one thing, realize that maybe it's not a good size for them or not exactly what they wanted, and they switch to the next thing without fear, without inhibition, without worrying that somebody's gonna judge them on the playground, in the classroom, at home. They don't care. They're so free. Later in my career, I became an assistant principal and a principal in secondary schools with high school students and middle school students. and. While extremely fulfilling in a lot of ways, one of the things that I've noticed is that willingness to try, to shift, to change, to be anything they want to be, it goes away. It fades. They get more worried about looking stupid or making a mistake, making a fool of themselves. Yeah, no, I'm not a dancer. I don't dance. No, art's not my thing. Absolutely not. I'm not going to draw that picture. Why? why do they get that fear why do we get that fear what is it that happens that makes us lose that freedom to try to change to shift to be willing to do new things and not worry about what we should do but rather get excited about what we could do and make a plan for what we will do how do we lose that i think as we age it gets worse we fear judgment. We fear that people are going to say, God, you're crazy. You're going to leave that great position. You're going to leave that great opportunity. Why would you do that? You know, it's funny. I'm spilling all of my little things here, but it's I got divorced mm-hmm. quite a few years ago. And when I was making that shift, I found that the people that really didn't understand why I was doing what I was doing or how I could go through what I was going through were the people who were unhappily married and not willing to make that change themselves and that goes back to what I'm talking about why would you leave that situation it's scary it's uncertain what if you fail what if you can't make it on your own You know we fear disappointing those that we love when we make changes or when we think about making changes we stay put because we have responsibilities and listen don't get me wrong responsibilities are important and we need to fulfill them and we need to make sure that we can all sustain ourselves pay our bills support the people that we need to support and get the things done that we need to get done that's obviously important But the way we do it, how we do it, it's totally up to us. And why can't we do it in a way that fulfills us? I'm here to say that we can. See, what we realize is that the people that we are most worried about disappointing really only want us to be happy. Because when we're happy, we are nicer to be around. We're more fulfilling to them, those people that we love. And what we realize is our beliefs, those shoulds that are on us, that are on top of us, that we feel like we can't get rid of, they do one of two things. They either free us or they chain us down. If we have shoulds that are, you should go for your dreams. You should be an adventurous person. You should chase happiness and fulfillment. We are as free as free can be. You should... Be an example for your children as to what it looks like to just chase what is important to you or makes you happy. Those are freeing, but you should stay put and you should settle and you should not rock the boat. Those are those chains that hold us down. You know, it's funny. I think we've all heard that saying, what if I fall? That's followed by the comeback. Well, yeah, but what if you fly? You know, I've spent 22 years in education and I've seen my share of expectations, fears, dream chasers, achievers, overachievers who burn themselves out, people who crumble under the pressure. And guess what? I'm not just talking about the kids. You know, when I advise parents and they say to me, gosh, you know, my child, I'm not really sure how I should approach this situation or this problem, or I know they're going to be faced with a lot of challenges and I wanna make sure we have a good relationship so that they can talk to me through their troubles and their tribulations. I tell them this, when you're too strict, they just learn how to be sneaky and move around in a way so that you don't find out what they're doing. When you're too permissive, they're too loose, they go crazy and they make bad choices all over the place. And the right place to be is really in the middle Where you have high expectations but you're ready to listen to anything they need to talk to you about those are the kids that i see that are the most successful that come from houses where families are like that and isn't that true for all of us isn't that true for me for you when it's too strict too restrictive we feel stuck we feel like we can't move but when it's too loose We don't have that structure, that motivation. We don't have that drive to go do the things that we need or want to do. And the right place is really in the middle. Having that balance, having that support, having that drive and a willingness to give something a whirl, but drop back and punt if it doesn't go right. To flex and make a change if it doesn't feel like it's going the way that you want it to go. Those are the people that are most successful. We need to be those people. You know, in closing today, I wanted to give you an interesting story about perspective. It's one of my favorites that I tell if I have to give a talk at some sort of an award ceremony or a place where we're talking about having a variety of perspectives as we make our decisions on our lives. So once I was doing a lesson, and one of the questions that I asked the students was, how many seconds are there in a year? I asked them to write their answer down and turn it in and of course as you can imagine there's all kinds of math involved in figuring out that question for most of the kids in the room you might even be doing the math right now yourself well let's see there's 60 seconds in a minute there are 60 minutes in an hour there are 24 hours in a day there are seven days in a week there are four weeks in a month generally or there's 365 days in a year, and calculators and pencils are going like crazy and people trying to figure out this large number. Nobody's to say that those people are wrong in their process, and you aren't wrong if that's the way that you are trying to solve that problem. But you know, I had this one answer come across my desk, and it really caught my eye. Because most of the other answers were that math that you were just doing, that multiplication situation (laughs) that probably has your head spinning as you're listening to me talk right now. But this one answer that came across my desk, it said the answer was 12, 12 seconds in a year. I'm going to let you think on that for a second. 12 seconds in a year, how could that possibly be? There's 60 seconds in every single minute obviously that person's wrong and I should mark that paper wrong and put it to the side and keep going with the other papers that I'm grading because obviously this person wasn't listening to my question or doesn't understand the concept of time here's the thing I took the time and I called this student up I stopped grading papers and I brought this student up to me and I said hey Susie which of course isn't her name um I was looking at your paper and I noticed that on the question about how many seconds there are in a year. You put down the answer of 12. Um, Could you explain to me how you got your answer? I'll tell you, she looked at me like I was the one who was crazy. Why would I even ask? It's so obvious that the answer is 12. At least that was the look on her face when she was talking to me. And she said, oh, well, yeah, there's 12 seconds in a year. It's easy. January 2nd, February 2nd, March 2nd, April 2nd, and she went on to list all 12 months of the year and the fact that the second of that month is one of the 12 that she was counting. 12 seconds in here. Well, she's not wrong. Maybe she's more right than the rest of us. And who's to say that her way of approaching that question is the wrong way? Who's to say that the people that did all of the multiplication for 60 times 60 times 24 times 365, they're not wrong either. And I suppose the lesson from this is, it's really all about your perspective. What way are you going to look at your opportunities? What way are you going to look at the possibilities that you have to get done what you wanna do, to accomplish what you wanna accomplish, to fulfill those responsibilities, but be the best you that you can be as you contribute to your family, your community, your society, your world. What's your perspective? Because perspective is everything. What are your shoulds? Are your shoulds freeing you or are they chaining you down? That's it for this week, and I really hope that something that I said resonated with you or gave you an opportunity to think differently or think about what your shoulds are and how you can use them to your benefit and not to hold you back. I like to finish every week with a tweetable quote. Feel free to tweet it. Feel free to repeat it. (laughs) I will say, that because we're talking about perspective and change and fear, that this week's comment is one that's one of my favorites. I'm always known for a metaphor or some sort of an example with a kitschy phrase when I'm giving my talks and my presentations, and so why should this be any different? This week's tweetable tweet, tweetable comment is this. You may not be able to unscramble an egg, but you can always make French toast. It's never too late to make a change what's your perspective going to be everybody get those positive shoulds shed those negative shoulds and get your shift together we'll talk soon hey everyone if you liked what you heard please make sure that you subscribe like leave a comment leave a rating do all the things we'll see you next time